KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, June 11th. What policing policy reforms look like for San Diego? More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The San Diego County Fair is back and it opens today. It may not be the fair that you're used to, but you can still expect rows of food vendors, shopping booths, the classic Ferris wheel and carousel, shows, and 4th of July fireworks. What's new this year is that reservations must be made in advance, both parking and for entry. You have to select an arrival time to avoid overcrowding. Tickets will not be sold at the door. The fair is open from Wednesday to Sunday from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m each week and it'll run until July 4th. A new report says the chance of devastating wildfire puts nearly $610 billion worth of property at risk in California. The nonpartisan group Next10 says the state needs a concerted planning effort to build communities that are more fire safe, including encouraging climate-friendly policies like urban infill development. Karen Chapel is a UC Berkeley researcher. We take the low-hanging uh, fruit, you know, we and we just kind of let's rebuild. Um, we, there's no thought, there's no preparation. We already know that a dollar in mitigation costs can save $3 in recovery costs. Governor Gavin Newsom and other elected officials in the state are all getting raises. On Tuesday, the California Citizens Compensation Commission approved a 4.1 percent pay hike that will take effect in December. The four-member commission has approved raises every year from 2013 to 2019. It did not do so in 2020, however, given the budget shortfall due to the pandemic. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. The leader of a local civil rights organization says there needs to be serious reform in how local law enforcement agencies account for use of force complaints and in how the agency deals with officers once they confirm those complaints. Here's more from KPBS's John Carroll. It is a track record that we need to pay attention to. The Reverend Shane Harris leads the People's Association of Justice Advocates. Ever since the killing of George Floyd, his group has been working on what they see as abusive and discriminatory policing in San Diego County. Harris sent a letter to the Sheriff's Department asking for information on deputies who'd had abuse of force complaints. In a news conference Thursday, he said the idea is to root out bad apples. We're going after the next Derek Chauvin and it only takes one. Minneapolis showed us that. Harris asked for three pieces of information. First, how many currently employed deputies had two or more sustained, that is, confirmed, use of force incidents on their record? Sheriff's Department records go back to 1995. In their response, the department said three deputies had two or more sustained violations. Next, Harris wanted to know how many deputies had two or more unfounded claims against them. 
The answer? 31 deputies were the subject of two or more unfounded allegations. Then Harris asked how many deputies from each category had been involved in a deputy-involved shooting. The answer? One from the sustained group and one from the unfounded group. Harris says the sheriff's response is unsatisfactory. We believe that there is a biased view in their, because they're, it's like a teacher grading their own paper. And these are deputies who still are working in the department confirmed, for sure. Harris also criticized the Citizens Law Enforcement Review Board. That group does its own investigations of use of force incidents. He says the group is toothless and needs to be reformed. Moving ahead, Harris says it's about making serious changes in policy. He says taxpayers should be supportive of change because they're on the hook when local government has to pay out claims. We have to get, bad of, get rid of the bad apples in order to save our democracy and our humanity and our taxpayer dollars and lives. The Sheriff's Department had no comment on Harris's charge that they're biased in how they handle complaints against deputies. And that was KPBS's John Carroll. The San Diego Sheriff's Department is investigating a recent altercation among some of its deputies and Black Lives Matter protesters in Imperial Beach. KPBS's Melissa May spoke to the woman who protesters claim was wrongly arrested. This is what transpired after a peaceful Black Lives Matter protest in Imperial Beach on Sunday. According to a statement from the Sheriff's Department, three deputies were responding to allegations from a white man that he was punched by a female protester who was Mexican-American. When the deputies approached the woman, she pulled away, the statement said. Then, according to the statement, other protesters began attacking the deputies. One of the deputies' body camera was stomped on by protesters and another stolen, the statement said. However, the woman, Margarita Servin Ruelas, and other protesters say the sheriff's statement is inaccurate. This guy that blamed me, that wrongly accused me, he made up a story about me. He told the cops that he got hit by me. So in return, they hit me and abused me because they think I did something wrong to him. The 24-year-old Servin Ruelas says she sustained injuries when deputies forced her into a squad car. Opens the car and throws me in. I hit, the only thing that hit the car frame was my head. Like, I had this huge well, you can probably still see it. Servin Ruelas was taken to Sharp Grossmont Hospital in La Mesa, where she was treated for her injuries. She was held overnight at the Las Colinas Detention Facility in Santee on charges of battery and resisting arrest, according to the sheriff's statement. She was released after posting $20,000 bail. No other arrests have yet been made, and the sheriff's investigation is ongoing. And that was KPBS's Melissa May. A North County organization that works with homeless and low-income community members is using art to help inspire the people they give services to. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne tells us about a new mural at Interfaith Recuperative Center in Escondido. Interfaith Community Services is transforming a rundown Escondido motel into a recuperative center. We're going to be a place for people coming out of hospitals, people who um, are overcoming homelessness and need a place to stay and, and heal. Greg Angel, the CEO of Interfaith Community Services, says part of the motel's transformation includes a large mural meant to inspire the residents of the center. 
It's going to be um, an inspiration to our residents and people who have gone through really, really hard times. Mauro Alvarez, a local artist, worked with Interfaith staff and residents to create the mural, which includes images like a phoenix, small birds representing the program's steps, and a dark shadow breaking free from some shackles with the word freedom. A reveal party for the mural and the work at the property will be held on June 26. And that was KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne. Coming up, a recent analysis found members of Congress are more likely to nominate white students than minority students to attend the nation's elite military academies. Advocates say Congress needs to reach out to more black and Latino high school students and make them aware of opportunities at elite schools. Plus, we'll have a preview of local arts events going on this weekend. All of that's next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Minority students are underrepresented at the nation's elite military academies. That's the findings of a recent study. Advocates are calling on members of Congress who nominate attendees to make the 200-year-old nomination system more equitable for students of color. Desiree DiOrio reports for the American Homefront Project. Nominations are required by law for students who want to study at military service academies. If they can get one and meet the academy's strict standards for admission, it means a free education in exchange for five years of service. The Connecticut Veterans Legal Center analyzed over two decades of congressional nominations. The center's director, Liam Brennan, says the results are stark. Young Black Americans make up about 15 percent of the young adult population, but Black students only receive 6 percent of current members' nominations to the military service academies. That's a great big differential. Brennan found similar disparities for Latinos. 8 percent get nominations, even though they make up about 22 percent of young adults. We expected to see discrepancies. The extent of the discrepancies were surprising. Brennan and others who've studied the issue say there are a lot of reasons for those discrepancies. Some are rooted in a lack of equity in public schools. Others involve how hard members of Congress work to find diverse nominees. Danielle Anderson is with the Black Veterans Project. She graduated from the Naval Academy, but says few minority teenagers are even aware that's an option. Her junior ROTC commander suggested she give it a shot. We had some conversations um, about what a service academy even is. I really had no idea of, of the... Anderson says even minority students who do know about the academies might not feel like they'd be welcome there or successful due to racism. You know, you have microaggressions, sometimes macroaggressions, um, and this continues throughout your uh, your tenure, throughout your career, and you're still expected to perform, you know, really the highest levels of anyone your age. That could lead to fewer applicants of color. Democratic Congressman Anthony Brown of Maryland says there's a lack of qualified minority students who ask him for a nomination. I have a an underrepresented applicant pool. African-American and Latino students are not applying at the same levels that I, I, I want them to apply. 
The report found just 38% of Brown's nominations went to applicants of color in his majority-minority district. We're doing our hardest to squeeze the very best out of the small pool, and we actually overperform when it comes to appointments. Some lawmakers say if you want to nominate more diverse applicants, go out and find them. Students sometimes need to be told the pathway to college is open to you. And that's true for the service academies as well. That's former Air Force Secretary and former Republican Congresswoman Heather Wilson. She nominated hundreds of students to the academies, and she's an Air Force Academy alum herself. She says some lawmakers and their staffs need to put more effort into the nomination process. For some people, it's just not a high enough priority to spend time training members of Congress on how to do this. If I were to do one thing, it would be to focus on outreach and training the local office of members of Congress. But Wilson, now the president of the University of Texas at El Paso, defends the congressional nomination system. She says it's a good way to ensure the military's future leaders come from all over the country. As the size of the military has gone down, there are communities and regions of the country that have very little connection to the military at all. And the nomination process helps fight against that by geographic dispersion of nominations. A recently passed law aims to standardize the way congressional offices collect demographic data on their nominees and make it more transparent. But there are no plans to change the nomination system, which has been law since 1802, when Thomas Jefferson established the Military Academy at West Point. That was Desiree DiOrio reporting from Long Island. This story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And if you're looking to get into some local arts this weekend, we have KPBS arts editor Julia Dixon-Evans here with her weekend preview. First up, contemporary dance. Closing out the month-long Dances in the Air Festival on Liberty Station's new outdoor stage is San Diego Dance Theater's Young Choreographers Showcase. This annual show celebrates new works by emerging choreographers, all of whom were originally selected in the 2020 competition, which was scheduled for March 14, 2020. And we all know how that weekend shook out. Throughout the course of this weekend, the judges will choose a winning choreographer and dancer, and the audience can also vote for their favorite, too. The first part of the show brings guest artists from other canceled shows throughout the pandemic, including Myra Barragan, who won the competition in 2019. Performances kick off tonight and Saturday at 6.30 p.m., and then Sunday at 2.30 Mozart launches their all-star orchestra festival this weekend at the Del Mar Surf Cup Sports Park. And they're moving away from their drive-in format for seated outdoor pod style audiences. This means you can bring up to four people on one ticket and those tickets are selling fast. This festival brings together principals and concert masters from orchestras across the country. Opening weekend will feature two shows, Tonight at 8 p.m., you can take in Mozart's iconic Symphony No. 40 and Beethoven's also iconic Fifth Symphony. 
Saturday's 8 p.m. concert includes Ravel's Le Tombeau de Coupoline, which is a beautiful six-movement suite for solo piano, Haydn's Regal Trumpet Concerto, and this, which is Mozart's Symphony Number no. 39 in E-flat major. After this weekend, additional performances of mainly Mozart's All-Star Orchestra Festival will take place on Wednesday and next weekend, too. And finally, the Say It Loud Juneteenth Festival kicks off on Sunday. San Diego Black Artist Collective paired with several theaters in San Diego. There's the Old Globe, La Jolla Playhouse, New Village Arts, Moxie, Diversionary, and San Diego Rep. This festival has it all. There's in-person outdoor events. There's stream-on-demand premieres of brand new plays written by local Black playwrights. They have book clubs and podcast takeovers. Plus, next weekend, on the actual Juneteenth holiday, there'll be a big Artists for Black Lives event in Balboa Park. But it all starts this Sunday at the Flower Fields in Carlsbad. It's part of New Village Arts Theater's residency there. San Diego Black Artist Collective President Joy Yvonne Jones will speak, and there'll be performances of music like the Black National Anthem, short plays performed on stage, and poetry readings. Plus, the Buffalo Soldier Mounted Cavalry Unit will do a presentation of colors. Tickets are free, but you have to reserve a seat in advance, and spots are filling up quickly. The Say It Loud Festival kicks off this Sunday at 6 p.m. at the Carlsbad Flower Fields. For details on these and more arts events, or to sign up for my weekly KPBS Arts Newsletter to stay in the loop as performances and shows start coming back, go to kpbs.org slash arts. That's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.